the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on The Zone. This is JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Thanks for being with us on the program. Alex Keery, Jeremiah Jensen. Together we make up JJ and Alex here in the afternoons, of course. You can download the podcast wherever podcasts are found. Uh, our program is brought to you by G2G Bars. All natural ingredients, no preservatives. The G2G Bar, perfect for anybody who needs a quick, tasty, and nutritious boost. Uh, and also Trajan Wealth. TrajanWealth.com is the website. Uh Jeremy, let's get to it. We got Brett McMurphy on the horn here from Action Network, so we're going to just jump right in here. It is the cut right here at the top of the hour. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with J.J. and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Brett McMurphy, Action Network, and Brett does a phenomenal job covering college football. We're glad to have him on the program. Brett, thanks for being with us again. Good afternoon. How you doing? Oh, we're fantastic. Now, this story that you have up right now at Action Network, you guys, I mean, this is something that hits us right here in the Intermountain area because the 10 schools leaving the Pac-12 are going to be still in affiliated bowls. It's like one of those divorces that after they're like, just get divorced and then we'll we'll do the shakeout and mediation later. I mean, it's going to be a little bit messy, but how are the bowl affiliations going to work exactly? Well, the the biggest challenge is, not, <clears throat> excuse me, not only for teams leaving the, the Pac-12, but also, you know, OU and Texas go to the SEC, uh, SMU goes to the ACC. Uh, there's other conferences that are adding schools. All of the bowl contracts <clears throat> were for six years. And so the 2024 season will be year five of those six years. So we've got basically two years left of all the bowl contracts, including the college football playoff. And so even though there's been such drastic realignment and different, you know, there's technically there is a Pac-12, but there is no more Pac-12. There's only Oregon State and Washington State left. You still have these bowl contracts that go through the 2025 season. So to basically, you know, you would have to tear – there's 41 bowls, so you would have to tear up 41 contracts and then redo those contracts with new conference affiliations and all of those things. And that would be very difficult to do in such a short matter of time. And so basically to kind of get through these last two years, um, you know, everyone involved has kind of said, well, probably the, the easiest way to do this is just basically keep the bowl tie-ins based on, you know, your your old conference. So, obviously, what that means for the 10 teams leaving the Pac-12 is, um, you know, it, again, this has not been officially signed, sealed, and delivered yet, but this is the way they're going, is, you know, if you're formally in the Pac-12, that unless you go to the college football playoff, you're probably going to play in one of the Pac-12 affiliated bowls. And what makes that even more challenging, for instance, the Alamo Bowl, pits the Pac-12 against the Big 12. Well, so what's going to happen with Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado? Does that mean they can't go to the Alamo Bowl? 
because they would be playing a, a Big 12 team, a team in their own conference. Uh, I would say it's not likely that they would go to that game, but if, you know, with the size of these conferences, if it's a team that you didn't face in the regular season, um, perhaps they do pair up, you know, two Big 12 teams. Perhaps in the Sun Bowl or the Holiday Bowl, they pair up two ACC teams if it's Cal and Stanford, if, if it's a team they didn't meet in the regular season. But, um, you know, I know, you know, probably for a lot of folks, uh, you know, Utah fans out there, um, you know, Pac-12 Pac uh, fans of any other former Pac-12 teams, you're kind of like, oh, come on, I wanted to, I wanted to get involved with the my new conference and their new bowl games. I'm tired of the Pac-12 sites. I, I understand, but it's really, you know, unless somebody comes up with a magic bullet, this is probably what we're going to end up with for the for the next two years. Yeah, that's a pretty complicated situation. And when there's a complicated situation, people aren't happy. People who you've talked to, they're tied in the conferences, coaches, athletic directors. What's the reaction to this situation, and is there any solution that would make – I mean, it's really – they don't have a choice, do they? You know, they really don't. Again, you know, the, the kind of the good news is that, you know, the bowl games, there is a lot of horse trading that goes on. You know, if, in fact, last year, the, and it didn't, didn't impact the um, – but it impacted the Big 12, but not necessarily Pac-12. But the Dukes-Mayo Bowl did not have a tie-in with the Big 12. It, they – move some teams around and West Virginia ended up going to the Duke's Mayo bowl. Um, so there is a possibility that some could get moved around that potentially a, a former PAC 12 school would not be tied into one of the PAC 12 games. Maybe they could go somewhere else. Again, another part of it's supply and demand. You know, if there's, if there's, um, you know, PAC 12 only has six, six bowl bids. The Rose bowl, as you guys know, is no longer, affiliated with the Pac-12. It's part of the college football playoff. So there's only six Pac-12 um, affiliated bowls, and, you know, there are 12 Pac-12 teams, including current and former. So if you have if you have eight or nine bowl-eligible teams from the current and former Pac-12, well, there's, you know, two or three after the playoff. There's at least two or three there that are going to have to go play somewhere else. So that would be a way that you wouldn't be tied in there too. But, yeah. Um, you know, for the basically, you know, the simplest thing is maybe not the most popular, but there's really no other way to do it. And it's, you know, kind of like uh, you know, the former Pac-12 conference schools, you know, the Hotel California, you can check out anytime you want to <laughs> never leave. Uh, Brett, one of the things that, you know, I, I like to look at situations like this because I, I love a bit of schadenfreude. But, like, you know, just looking at other people's situations where they go, oh, it's not going to be great for this team. Wh who, which conferences or which teams are going to hate this more? Like, what's the most annoying matchup that could happen? I could, I can only think that, like, maybe a Texas-Texas A&M bowl game, like, that A&M would hate that more than anything on the, on the planet because there's an old, a former SEC team and a former Big 12 team that would have to be pitted against each other maybe for a second time during the year. Wh who hates this situation the most, even temporarily? Um, I, you know, I mean, everyone likes to get mad about anything, you know, so, you know, I'm sure, you know, I, the, when I tweeted it out today, you know, there were the instant responses were, you know, LOL, great, you know, when things couldn't get worse or something like that. And it's like, you know, it's, 
it may not even end up being that bad. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're leaving the, um, if you're leaving the, the Pac-12 for the for the Big 12 or the Big 10, um, and you happen to, you have to go to play in San Diego in the Holiday Bowl. You have to go to Las Vegas. Um, you have to go to San Antonio. Believe me, there's a lot worse bowl spots right. in the Big Ten and the Big Twelve. So, um, you know, I I, I understand how people like to get fed up with things. So I don't really think it's like, oh, this this automatically sucks for this school or this conference. It's just kind of it's it's kind of how it is. Um, I do know from talking with a lot of folks at these at these um, Pac-12 bowls. Like I said, there's six of them. They're already starting to think ahead to 2026 about, okay, when we're not, when the new contract starts, okay, we want to be tied in with, we want to have a Big 12, uh, Big 10 game, or we'd like to have an SEC Big 12 game, or maybe an SEC Big 10 game instead of our current alignment with the Pac-12. So that's where it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with those six bowl games and what new affiliations they will have on the other side when they fill in the other spot with the Pac-12. Because even if the Pac-12 rebuilds and adds teams from the Mountain West, I'm sure, you know, those six Pac-12 bowl games, I would say at least four or five, would say, hey, that's great, but we're going to try to lock up with one of the Power Four conferences as opposed to a Pac-2 Mountain West uh, reboot. Fascinating situation and great story. You can read that story from Brett McMurphy on the Action Network right now to get a lot more details So head to Action Network after this interview to read more of that. There was also some breaking news, several stories actually today from the college football world that I'd love to get your reaction. I'll start with the news that the Pac-12 has finally decided to move on from George Klyovkov. What do you make of that situation and that report today? Yeah, John Wilner reported that um, with San Jose, and it's like, you know, he said they have formally started to move on. It's like, okay, well, (laughs) informally, you know, Oh, now we're really serious, George. You're really, <laughs> really not going to – we promise you're not – I mean, I know it's, you know, it's semantics. They've got to go through the proper procedure and, you know, legally, legalese-wise and all those good things. Um, you know, also, when do you get rid of them is based on the buyout. Um, obviously, financials come into play. That's a big deal, obviously, with the, with the PAC-2 and the in the remaining Pac-12 schools. So, yeah, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's any big surprise. Um, you know, I, I no one saw him being commissioner of of the Pac-2 after this season. So, um, you know, I guess it was not a big surprise, but I guess now they finally have their lawyers have finally laid out a plan on the best way to do this and spend the least amount of money and and move on and see what's next for those guys. Brett, one thing that also has come out of this, obviously the the college football playoff, the $1.3 billion that ESPN is going to throw at it uh, for a six-year contract of that 12-team playoff. With the 12-team playoff, what happens to the traditional bowl system? Are they going to keep that thing in its normal – are they going to keep it intact as much as they can? Like ESPN owns so many of those bowls, and there's so much money attached to them in that way. But they also – there's so many – I mean, forgive me here, but there's a lot of throwaway bowl games. I mean, is it going to stay the traditional fashion of what we've seen? How are they going to treat it with a 12-team playoff now with the playoff and traditional bowl games? Well, it's going to, at least for the next two years, it's going to stay the same. We've got 
including including the college football playoff, um, we will have 41 bowl games. Mm. That does not include the national title game. So we'll have 41, you know, bowl games. So basically 82 teams that either go to the playoff or go to bowl games. So I think what, what I think what we'll see happen, uh, you know, which we've already started seeing the past couple of years is if you're not in the playoff, there's going to be less and less emphasis on these bowl games. And we saw it this past year. I mean, you had teams, you know, it was impossible to keep up with who was in the portal, who was, um, you know, declaring for the NFL, who just wasn't going to play. Um, you had teams playing their third string quarterback. That's with a four team playoff. Now we go to 12 teams. It's going to be really, really worse. And, um, I think in the next two years, that after these bowl games, see how this play out, that I think we'll lose some bowl games. Because I don't think these communities or these bowls that are not in the playoff, that are not on the next rung after the, after the playoff, are going to want to spend, you know, a lot of money uh, when they, you know, they may get a seven and five team that may only bring half of their team um, and may not be that, you know, have that much interest in it. And then also you add on to that all the movement with, with, with the coaches where a lot of these bowl teams didn't even have coaching staffs. They had to, they had to basically rent a coaching staff or they had graduate assistants running it and stuff. It's obviously changed so much in the past 10 years. I don't, and I, look, I don't like it, but that's the way it's going. And I think when we get to the 2026 with the start of the new 12 team format, um, after these next two years, I would guess we'd probably, uh, sources have told me, probably guess we'd lose anywhere from three to six bowl games. I mean, maybe it's fewer than that. Maybe it's more. Um, but I'd be shocked if we still have 41 because I can't, yeah. I don't think that, I don't think the system will support that. And certainly just based on the, the, the players and the teams, there doesn't seem to be that much interest in these games to go to bowl games when you're, when you're, five, six, seven wins. We love way too early polls here on JJ and Alex, and, <laughs> and we love yours, Brett. Uh, one of the ones we use and talk about on the show in January because we want to talk about college football in January and what else are you going to do, right? So uh, th- things have changed, though. Since you put yours out January 8th, I believe, is when you first put yours out. A lot has changed in college football, even here with uh, Utah and BYU, but across the country. How much has your early top 25 changed because of what's happened in college football just over the last five or six weeks? Well, I have not updated my, my way too early top 25 that came out, um, you know, before the national title game. But I, uh, good segue, tomorrow I will have my first never-too-early bowl projections out. Nice. <laughs> and in, in those bowl projections, so if folks aren't, familiar with the way the 12-team playoff works, the five highest-ranked conference champions get automatic bids to the college football playoff, and the four highest-ranked conference champions, no matter where they're ranked by the selection committee, they could rank 4, 7, 17, and 102. But if those are the four highest-ranked conference champs, they will be seeded numbers 1, 2, 3, and 4 in the new playoff. In my bold projections tomorrow, spoiler alert, the Big 12 champ, I have them ranked, excuse me, seated fourth in my 
college football playoff bowl projections, and that Big 12 champ that I have seated fourth is none other than your Utah Utes. There you go. Oof. I love the pregnant pause. <laughs> that was drama. You know what? Did we lose Brett? Did Hold we lose on. him? No, the best no. part is, the best part is, is you did have some BYU fans out there who just heard that, who were like, <laughs> he's going to say it. And then uh, you had their hopes up. I don't know why, but they probably had their hopes up. Uh, that's awesome, though. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I, I loved I loved Arizona, but, they, you know, you lose dead fish. They're going to lose some players. Mm-hmm. Uh, pride of the portal. Uh, I, you know, I think I had Arizona eighth in my in my preseason top 25. Uh, when I do my new one, I'm going to drop them a little bit. Obviously, I'll put Utah above them. Um, I just think, and look, I, you know, before everyone, you know, runs to the, the, the you know, starts calling Mark Harlan for, for uh, playoff tickets, uh, <laughs> keep this in mind. Last year, my dark horse to win the Big 12 was Texas Tech, and hey. they went 6-6. Uh, six six. There so, you go. Uh, but the thing, I, I am going to, next year is going to be, and I'm an Oklahoma State guy, I don't know if you guys knew that, so I'm, I'm pumped for the Big 12 because I I honestly believe this. I think there's five teams that can win the win the Big 12. I think it's yep. going to be the most competitive conference. I think you're going to have five or six top 25 legit top 25 teams in the Big 12. Utah, Arizona, Oklahoma State returns a ton. Kansas State returns a ton. Iowa State returns literally everybody. West Virginia returns literally mm-hmm. everybody. I mean, it's going to be obviously it's not going to be quality of Big 12 basketball, but as far as competitiveness and depth, I think next year the Big 12 football will be very similar to Big 12 basketball, though we're not, you know, we're not going to have, you know, three teams in the in the top five, but I think there will be five or six top 25 teams. That's the good news. The bad news is I think the Big 12 only gets one team in the playoff because I think they'll beat up on everybody. Mm. Um, the conference champ obviously will be a top four seed, but I don't know if I don't know if that Big Twelve runner up will still finish in the top eleven in the rankings, which they'll have to do to make the playoffs. You still got Georgia winning it all? I do. I mean, I think obviously Georgia and Ohio State automatically you got to put them in there. I mean, I guess Ohio State is bringing back the ghost of George Steinbrenner, <laughs> and they're just going to get them as much money as they can. But as the Yankees have shown year in year out it takes more than money to win a championship but i mean chip kelly's an unbelievable hire for them i think that's huge but also i think something that you know obviously be talked about and analyzed and scrutinized is you know there's going to be a lot of pressure on ohio state you know harbaugh's gone from michigan so oh you guys should finally beat michigan and basically all the moves they're making it's basically it's win a national title or else and, you know, sometimes programs, professional or college, don't react w- real well to that, and we'll have to see how they, uh, how they do. But certainly based on talent right now, everything they brought back, uh, yeah, Georgia's, Georgia's 1A right now, and, and Georgia's 1B for me. Brett McMurphy. Action. Ohio State. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, we got it. Uh, Brett McMurphy, Action Network. You can find his byline there. Read all about the update to what the bowl situation is going to look like, but also tune in tomorrow. My heavens, we're going to be going over that one, I'm sure. Brett McMurphy with his way too early bowl predictions that, as he pointed out, 
in a season where we're going to have our first college football uh, playoff situation with 12 teams, it is not too early. It's not early enough. We got to get more of that. So, Brett, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking some moments with us, and uh, we'll talk to you again closer to football season. You got it, guys. Thank you. There you go. Thanks, Brett. Brett McMurphy. If you are a college football fan and you don't follow and read Brett McMurphy, you're doing it wrong. There's a reason that people are tripping over themselves to get Brett. So it was great to have him on the show. That was great stuff. Amazing. Uh, so what did he say? Sorry, I didn't hear who he said the Big 12 champ was going to be. Oh, yeah. Okay. I love what he said. None other than – I mean, he's a pretty straightforward, like, beat writer guy, like, uh, oh, you know, columnist. No, that was that, – he, he, he went full radio on us with the pregnant pause. He's no dummy. He played that perfectly. Is your – University of Utah. Utes. That was great. <laughs> I don't think there are a lot of people. I don't think there are a lot of Wildcat fans out there who are saying, "Is he going to say our team?" It's like, and and you know what was happening? There are a bunch of BYU fans who were like rolling their eyes, going, "He's doing. He is. I know what he's doing here, and I'm not falling for it." And then there's a couple out there that go, "Is he about to say my Cougs?" It's like, no, no, not yet, not this year. All right, settle down. All right. Appreciate that from Brett McMurray. So stay right here. More to go around the corner. 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, you're locked into JJ and Alex with the insight and analysis on the teams you can't live without. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Look, I used to host a non-sports show for a lot of years. I'm so glad I'm back into sports, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You you, you you miss politics? No, I do not. No, you know what happened is I would get home and I, I just hated everybody. It wasn't like I'd go, wow, what a wonderful example. No, I'm like, I hate everybody. That was a masterpiece <laughs> of that sh- That's right. I just, look, there are good, there are good uh, public servants out there. There's some really bad ones, too. And you know what? It's just part of the deal. With bad intentions, but it's always been that way. Now, like I said, I love talking about sports. Let's get back to it. My heavens, let's get into it. Okay. Did we give those tickets away, by the way? What's the person's first name who won? Because I'm, I'm each one of these people who win these tickets today on the Jazz Ticket Tuesday, that's a little something extra. Heather. Heather won some tickets for she and her loved one. Hopefully, like I hope that I hope that she's not just going like, yeah, I'll give it to my kids. She seemed very excited to win. Yes, because guess what? Wait, wait, with Jeremy, and one thing. Why, Heather? We love you, but was she a Lakers fan? <laughs> Did you make that clear? Did you? I didn't vet it close enough. Hope. Ah! Call her back. Call Heather? her back. Heather. Call her back. Heather, please tell us. Lakers <laughs> suck yesterday, they suck again today. Hey, listen, tomorrow is the day of love. Man. We did not intend to give those tickets to a Laker fan, so we can't technically say you're ineligible we if you're a Laker you're fan. Right, but, we can't. But, but you know how I, I feel I'm, about it. I'm, I'm sure, Heather. Thank you for listening, Heather. We love you. Hopefully, you are a Jazz fan and you're going there to cheer on the right team. Do you, and you can't, Jeremy. You can't ask the question if they're Lakers fan. 
Well, you can just for the sake of us keeping score. They still get the tickets. You can't deny them the tickets, okay? All right. I assume I bet Heather is. There's got to be a I loophole. I bet Heather is. She's taking. I'll a, find a loophole. Yes, I bet Heather is. She's I'll taking have her husband. My lawyers look at it. <laughs> Heather is. She's taking her husband. It's going to be a magical. Look, and he. You know what's going to happen? He's going to be like, "I'm taking you to dinner, sweetheart," and then she's going to go, "And I'm taking uh-huh. us to the freaking Lakers game. What's up?" Top that. Yeah, man. Who won Valentine's Day? Heather did. Yeah. Especially because it's free, dog. Oh, I mean, you can't free ninety nine. The Sorry. best price uh, for tickets. Complimentary, <laughs> as the lawyers tell us to say. Mm. No cost. All right. Let me see here. Where are we on this program? All right, let's jump in here. BYU football. That's right. By the way, uh, Brett McMurphy's high on the Big 12. If there's something you yeah. want to take away from that's a positive from uh, what he just talked about. Well, the good news is the bad news is that the conference is good. The bad news is it's going to beat up on each other, and only one team is going to get a playoff. Yeah. Score. Yeah. While the Big Ten and the SEC take them all, help me with the logic. They're running. They're running away with this thing with their strength of schedule in the '80s. It just means more. That's fine. I'm okay with it. Um, but I do love the idea of it being. I mean, if it gets to the point where, look, just look at college basketball it has a perfect system, which is you can lose six games and still be a six seed, right? Yeah. You can lose eight games still be a six seed, right? I mean, BYU's 500 in conference. They're a five seed right now in Lenardi's really? latest bracketology because yeah. they're playing good teams every week. I mean, every win, every Boy. quality win. They beat Kansas State. They beat Kansas. They better. Of course, everyone's beating Kansas I right know. now. Do you know that BYU and Kansas same, are, have the same amount of losses? Same in amount of losses play? in conference. Who play? saw that coming? Wow. They're probably a two seed, though, still. In probably. Yeah. That's how that works. Um, but yeah, let's t- let's chat a little bit about BYU and some BYU football, and I've uh, got some Kalani Sataki sound we want to play for you. And specifically, I think that we talked about this too a little while ago, JJ, about what it looks like going forward after the next round. We asked Jay Hill about it too, right? It was yeah, like, hey, did. what's the transfer portal situation look like after spring? Is that is that a dire situation? It's just like, look, there are natural moments where you're going to have. I mean, and there's stuff that you don't anticipate where kids come to you and go, hey, I'm moving on. And you're like, wait, 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 what? And then there are others where it's like, let's sit down and have a conversation. Both parties are like, this probably isn't working out. So a nice breakup. And then there are the ones that you have an angry side. Maybe BYU gets angry when a guy walks away. Maybe uh, your college team gets angry when a certain player walks away. Or if BYU says, we don't, we don't want you anymore. Because that happens. It's not that they say, we don't want you anymore. We say, hey, we're going to need your scholarship uh, because we think the best option is for you to move on. So let's get to what Kalani says about that, about what he thinks is going to happen when it comes to the end of spring with this football team. You just don't hand the keys over to somebody. You just you got to earn it. In terms of quarterback position, feel good with guys that are there. Uh, obviously, we got to create opportunities for them to compete and show what they got and then make decisions. I mean, this is... We have a good group going into spring ball. There's going to be attrition, guys. There's going to be guys that are going to leave, guys that are going to go that love football, that want to play. When you go through the competition, you start looking and being direct feedback and giving honest feedback to the players. There's going to be guys that, that are going to want to play and, and, and they don't want to wait or guys that understand where they're they're at and can see, hey, if I develop and continue to go down this path, I, I'm going to be the next in line as long as I keep doing everything right. It's going to be some, some movement, some changes after spring ball. 
He's speaking specifically about that quarterback position right there, but it's yes. also about, hey, there's going to be attrition guys kind of everywhere. Look, it's right? Hunger Games at BYU, man. You, you go you go two and seven in conference play. You go five and seven overall. You miss a bowl game, and the pressure's on in year two in the Big 12. It is Hunger Games. They don't care. There are no sacred cows down there. It's going to be a battle for positions. It's going to be a battle for playing time. And the best guy will get the job. And the quarterback position is fascinating because you've got some guys with experience and you got some younger guys that you really like. But you got to have somebody emerge because the reason why, one of the reasons why you, you fell short last year was inconsistency at the quarterback position, um, which I think, my personal opinion, was that it was impacted by the inability to run the football most of the season. But there were obviously chances in those last two games where you could have won those games, but some inconsistency at the quarterback position prevented you from doing so. I don't have it in front of me, but I think that the count we had last time was, what, eight quarterbacks that are right it's now a technically long list. on the – It's yeah. a long list. And, it, and Mitch Harper probably has a refresh for us, but right. it's, it's, it's close to that number. It, it keeps getting – You it, got eight quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks. Right. And, right. by the way <laughs> – We're not sitting yeah, here talking about how many quarterbacks does Utah have. You know, we got to know who's the third string up at See, Utah. No, we just, I'm telling we you. We don't that, need to know. Isn't that the – like, honestly, do not take – for granted the fact that when your team has a quarterback, your life is actually pretty darn good. That doesn't mean you're, you know, immune to losing. I mean, it, but it's at every level. How many teams in, in college football in the top 15 right now don't know who their quarterback is? I mean. There might be some, but it's not very many. And those, those are the, the teams that have the five-star guy that's, you know what I mean? I mean, you start running up, reeling off like Michigan, obviously, is going to have to figure out who their guy is. But that's Michigan, right? And if Michigan doesn't find their guy, they're not going to be it. They're not going to, they're not going to have success. No. And, they're and going I, to fall quick. No. On top of it, there's just, I mean, you, you don't want there to be every one of those quarterbacks there. But it does, BYU fans got burned a little bit last year because they didn't have to think about a quarterback for how many seasons? Four or five? They were spoiled. For five seasons? They're two NFL caliber quarterbacks. Essentially. Some, some could argue they're not NFL caliber. Well, they might. At you least. Know, they're they're going to have to work really hard to stay yeah. there, let me tell you that. Right. But regardless, they didn't have to. You If you're a BYU fan, you didn't have to think about it. Until last year, when you were kind of sold a bill of goods in the, in the, post, or in the, uh, in the post and preseason about – a guy transferring in about how he was going to change your life and that there wasn't going to be a fall off of uh, of production. And so that now you're jaded. Now you're going, oh, my goodness, there's no quarterback in this quarterback room. Or they didn't plan for it. Or because there is a part of you that kind of goes, oh, did everybody get a little over their skis about the quarterback situation at BYU? Because now it doesn't look like there's a lot of, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are, obviously there aren't quarterbacks in that room that are the – Named starter. There's zero of them right now are the named starter. Ask a BYU fan how excited they'd be about Jake Retzlaff next year. I've had that conversation. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> how about uh, uh, not from a BYU fan? Come on. Oh, right. That's not going to happen. <laughs> or it's if I go flipping or, or freaking. Right. Or if I go, hey, how about that Gary Bohannon? No. Oh. Well, you're not pleased with that. I heard the freshman Ryder Burton's coming along. 
none of it actually feels great. Like it just is like ah. it's it's not that it doesn't feel great. It's just uncertain. Gary Bohannon is a proven power five, power four quarterback yeah. who had success at Baylor on a team that uh, won the Big 12. But he wasn't the quarterback in that Big 12 championship game. He didn't f- finish that season as a starter. And he had a, a major shoulder injury that's kept him out of football for a year and a half. We don't know. He's a big question mark. Jake Retzloff had reps last year. There was moments, but there were also moments. So you're not sure, Right. We hear Ryder Burton is coming along well, like you just alluded to. What is that? But as he played a down of college football, like I watched him in high school, one of the most unbelievable plays at the end of semifinal game we've had a chance to call a walk off game winning touchdown in a semifinal game on Rice Rice Eccles Stadium. But doing it at this level is different under under the bright lights at BYU. Are you ready for that? We don't know. Yeah, I can go on. Every guy is an I don't know, or a question mark, or maybe, or yeah, probably not, right? So what is Nobody it? goes, you go, wow, that's, get, let's get this guy under center, let's go. So we what don't is know. It? It's going to be, um, it, it's just, it's going to be a, a, a weird offseason. It's going to be uncomfortable the entire time. Because even after they name a starter, it's not going to be fun, right? It's going to be something that is... Because you don't know. Right. Game one, as soon as they snap the ball against Southern Illinois, you're going to be like, I don't know. I don't know. And like last year, we should have known. First two games, we should have known. Like, this isn't. This doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel right. Same thing with Utah. You knew early on in the season, like, wait a minute. Like, don't ignore that. Like, that's... You can fairly evaluate the first couple. We should, We should have fairly evaluated... The quarterback situation and the offense at BYU based on the Sam Houston game. Yeah. Because it didn't get much better. Right? No, it was it was what uh, you saw is what you got the rest of the year. The Sam Houston game, everyone went, uh, okay. Oh no, it was and it then was it was like, like what in the world and is then going you go, on here? And then you go, Well, you know, you just kinda of getting your Boy, this this Sam Houston team has a great defense. My oh, goodness. My gosh. Do you remember too and, and they went winless in I their remember, first what, six games? I remember, I remember doing uh, post game on that on that game, and all I could bring up with Jake Hatch and I go, dude, remember the twenty seventeen Portland State game? Ooh, you remember it, right? Oh, I do. Was it, uh, what was the final? It was like twenty to six or something like that? It was uh, same kind of thing. It was an you're... unexpected struggle against a bad FCS program, <laughs> right? And Sam Houston just got elevated to FBS, right? Yes. So. That, I remember going. Well, let's hope that that doesn't turn into the, you know, the uh, the bad showing that they had that year. And what was the problem that year? No offense. Yeah. Uh, they Quarter, were quarterback roulette. Like right. Four and uh, how four, many guys are going to start a quarterback? Four this and year eight. For us? Worst season in the Kalani era. Now it was only right. a second year. That shows you how important quarterback is. You right. got to have a guy, or if you don't have a guy, or he gets hurt, then you better hope your next guy's the guy. Because you need two, but you hope you only have to use one. And that's why there's so much confidence in Utah this year, and there's so many question marks about BYU. I hope anyone that's rational can understand that. (laughs) We could be shocked and surprised. JJ, come on. You're asking people to be rational about their football team. I know. Stop it. That grows counter to the definition of a fan, right? Hey, on Thursday, we're going to be at the RV show at the Mount America Expo Center in Sandy. JJ and I are going to be – look, a lot of these – the boat show was a new experience for JJ. 
I said, man, you got to go check out some of these boats. Boat the R- show was here, better climb aboard. <laughs> oh, man, we didn't get one for the RV show. Although the RV show doesn't There's have. There's no RV show jingle. How- that, wait, yeah, wait, 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 so. wait, wait. I don't think there is. No, no, don't do it. You want me to harmonize to it? <laughs> no, uh, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Don't do the R- the RV show. You, I'm going to give you a moment to think about it. All right? Think about what you're going to do. If you if you were going what to sing a line. What would be the slogan for an RV show? So, Because you climb aboard a boat. I get that. The boat show was here. You better climb aboard. I think aboard. they have the. I think How do they, you get into an RV? What, how would that be described? Actually, Come on in. The great outdoors is waiting. Isn't that the, on the. Isn't that well, on the I, RV show? I don't show think one? I need to do it. I think you no. just did it. There it is. There it is. Uh, we're going to be there on Thursday. That's like Bottom sounding like the is, big O tires guy. I know. I'm telling you, it sounds like something that we have had on our airwaves. <laughs> I think it's, I think it might be the RV show. Uh, all right. <laughs> Thursday. Come on into the great outdoors. Wait, is. See, you've heard Yours it. Yours is better. See, you've heard it. Yours is better. Is uh, that, is that the RV show one? I think it might be. We're going to, you it? know what? Just listen to the station. We're going to probably get it in the next five minutes. <laughs> All right. Come on in because the great outdoors is waiting. You don't, you're channeling like, you're channeling your money. Hi, Red and Fossil Football. You're doing your Hank Williams Jr. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to be at the Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy, three to six on Thursday. Come see the uh, RV of your dreams and uh, come check it out. The RV is, the RV show is amazing. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to, we're going to get JJ's first experience at the RV show. All right, so stay right here. More to go around the corner. Next hour, another pair of February 14th, some Valentine's Day tickets to the Utah Jazz on a Jazz Ticket Tuesday. Stay with us, 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. I'm a TV junkie. Can't figure out what to watch or stream today? Let our in-house TV expert give you the best options. It's JJ's TV Guy. All right, welcome back. It is 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Yes. Uh, periodically, we let uh, JJ try to bore us with his TV ratings news. But you know what? I got the numbers. I got the numbers. I got a number. How you like them apples? How you like them donuts? I'm so sorry I said that. Oh, <laughs> we got a dung king in the studio. Today. I know, man. I'm like, I'm going to be repeating that. Oh, listen. One of my favorite movies ever is Good Will Hunting. Ever is Good Will Hunting. And I, I repeat those lines all the time. So I'm obviously going to repeat the line out of also a cinematic masterpiece like the Dunkings commercial, also starring Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> Is it their greatest work? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, as long as we have fireworks in there. There we go. Yep. I'm telling you, I love, I loved me some. Uh, Is that the greatest work they've done together? Probably not. Are you sure? So what, what else have they done together, though? So Goodwill Hunting. They've written a lot of stuff. Yes. I think I think that they've I'm just not an expert on no, I'm not either. I'm not cinema guy. But I am I apologize for that. I'm not I am, movie guy. I am Goodwill Hunting guy though. So give us the numbers here real quickly because okay. uh we we do we had we had a, a historic Super Bowl in terms of ratings. But I also want to – you rolled a lot of this out, too, because it wasn't just the big number that we saw tweeted out about how many people watch the Super Bowl being the biggest telecast in the history of TV. It's also about the type of an impact that it had here locally. Absolutely. So I'll start with the big number. So this was officially the most viewed Super Bowl ever. Thank you, Taylor Swift and Usher. 
123.4 million viewers. Now, this is an interesting number. 112 million of those viewers were watching the CBS broadcast on linear linear television. Yes. You know, cable, satellite, over-the-air antenna. The rest was a combination of Paramount Plus, Nickelodeon, Univision, and NFL Plus. Ah, Univision. So your Nickelodeon, obviously Nickelodeon is also linear TV, but it was not the main network. Paramount Plus, NFL Plus were streaming. Univision obviously gives uh, Spanish-speaking uh, fans ah, here in the United States a way to watch well. mm-hmm. And there were, there was, I don't even, that doesn't, I don't know if that counts all the international broadcasts. Uh, not sure either, but, but that that was that include that was not included. So one hundred twenty three point four million viewers, mm-hmm. the most viewed Super Bowl ever. Would you like to know what the local Super Bowl ratings were here in the Utah te- television market? So we were walking away from the studio yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, JJ, you have access to the TV numbers." I do. I want lay it on me, dude, because okay. I want to know what the I want to know what the numbers are, and I think. And I think that we're – I always tell people that we are, are an, a sports-obsessed state. I think we do a good job of tuning into all the sports. So tell me what we got here. All right. So if, before I get into the ratings, now there are 1.173 million television households in the Utah television market. Okay. So there's two numbers that we judge this by. The first one is rating. The second one is share. Now, rating is a percentage of those 1.1 million I gave you. So there was 37.5 was the rating for the entire broadcast. That means 440,201 and a quarter Utah households were watching the Super Bowl. Okay. That's an incredible number. That's more than a third of the entire state that has TVs was watching that game. Okay. Now this is even bigger. The share, which is the percentage of people who are watching television on Sunday were watching the Super Bowl, was an 80 share. That means four out of every five TVs that were on on right. Sunday were watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's evidenced by the fact that when I was trying to drive home, we had about an hour drive. We drove the entire length of the valley, basically. We, we went all the way from South Utah County all the way up to Davis County to come home. And there was massive amounts of traffic in there. Yes. Like, I was like, I say, what is going on? So, you know, I drive home late from yes. work. I'm, I'm here till like 1230 a.m. on Sunday nights, and like, I'm driving why home. Why are there so many people? And I never experienced that much traffic in downtown Bluffdale. <laughs> on a Sunday night is at 12.30 right a.m. Is, is that right by downtown Daybreak? It's also close to downtown Draper. Mm. Yeah, lots <laughs> of downtowns in the Valley now. So uh. I'll wrap this up real quickly. The highest rating during the game here locally was 38.9 rating, 83 share. Now, to give you guys, everyone listening, a some perspective on just how big that Super Bowl number is, mm. and I use this because I'm using the second most watched broadcast of the year in this market, which is... General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And obviously, you would expect that to have a big number. Yes. Now, this is KSL only. That doesn't include um, BYU-TV or watching online or streaming yeah, worldwide. Sure. This is just in Utah on Channel 5 on KSL. General Conference, the morning session on, in, on Sunday, October 1st, 2023, 14.8 rating, 37 share, which is a massive rating. Huge number. And it, it didn't even come close it was half to the Super Bowl of what the Super Bowl was. And the share was more than that. It was not even close. NFL is king. Hey, listen, get your priorities straight, Utah. <laughs> Although I assume you were so spending 80, with, an 80, if you were Four spending, out of five Utahs listen. watching the Super Bowl, but you weren't watching conference, were you? I'll forgive you for now. Shame. All right?
And I'm assuming you were spending time with family. That was really the most important uh-huh, part. I'm right. All right, there you go. We will come Eating back. Eating little Smokies. I know. Again, little Smokies. Sorry. Not little. Sorry. They are little. Little Smokies. All right. Watch, we have got eating little Smokies watching Lil John. <laughs> I know. Hey, see? Now you got it. I got it. I've got an extra pair of some tickets to give away, and this is for something different. Okay? I neglected to give these tickets out yesterday, which means a win ticket Tuesday has turned into something even extra. Be calling number 12 right now. If you're calling number 12 right now, you get a pair of WWE SmackDown tickets to Delta Center on the 16th of February. That might be just as big of a deal for people out there as the Jazz tickets. 801-575-ZONE. If you call right now, 801-575-ZONE. 801-575-9663. You get a pair of tickets to WWE SmackDown at the Delta Center on February 16th. That's coming up uh, just on Friday night. That'd be an awesome one, too. So there you go. Call number 12, 801-575-ZONE. Yes. Before you go to break, are you Team The Rock or Team Cody Rhodes? Uh, I, I love The Rock, dude. I'm one of those guys. He might be a sellout, but so am I. So there you go. Not sure a lot of WWE fans agree with you. We'll leave it at that. Dude, I grew up, I grew up during the time. People's elbow when I was in high school was Telling you, it, man. Wrestling fans, not happy. All right. A lot of Cody Fine. Rhodes fans out there. Fine. Not happy with The Rock. All right. We'll come back. We've got more to go around the corner. Tim LeCombe, the coach, is going to join us next. And we've got another pair of tickets to give away for Jazz and Lakers tomorrow night. So stay with us. 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone.